Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, walk and talk. Alright, here we go. You guys want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. Alright, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy it. Welcome listeners, new and old. Today we'll be chatting a little bit about South by Southwest down in Austin, Texas right now, as well as talking about the dramatic grand jury prize winner at this year's Sundance Film Festival, I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore. But before we do that, let's introduce ourselves. And in addition to who you are and what you do, say what South by Southwest movie are you most excited about? I'm Sandra Omstutz. I'm a social media manager in Nashville, Tennessee, and um there are lots I'm excited about. One that I'm particularly excited about is called Fits and Starts. It is um, about a low-key rivalry between married writers of uneven acclaim. Um, it stars Wyatt Cenac, who is a comedian that I really like, and I'm excited to see him in a leading role. And um, the reason I'm so excited about this movie is because it is directed it's a directorial debut from laura Teruso, who was the screenwriter of hello my name is doris a movie i really oh love. nice yeah. yeah and so i'm excited to see a directorial debut from her and um there's just a lot of little things about this movie that seem really cool um and my in my experience the best movies out of south by are these small movies like this that are like have a lot going for it but that not a lot of people like it doesn't have a lot of huge buzz like the big action movies do. Mm -hmm. Those are my yeah. favorite ones. So I'm excited about getting a chance to see this one. That's awesome. I'm Lucas Wright, a designer in the Bay Area. And uh, I think the, the, the movie that got me the most excited was... Atomic Blonde, which is the new Charlize Theron movie. Yeah. Um, it's directed by the, the same guy who directed John Wick. And it looks insane. I, if you go, go online and watch the trailer. Basically, it's... it's it looks like another John Wick movie. It looks amazing. Yeah, but I'm, this is high on my list. That trailer yeah. blew my mind. Yeah, that we're we'll, we will definitely have an episode about that when that comes out. For sure, it's it's insane. Well, every week we like to talk about something we've discovered or rediscovered throughout the week. So let's talk about what we're feeling. Sandra, what are you feeling this week? This week I'm feeling the Netflix TV series called Love from Judd Apatow and Paul Rust and Leslie Arfin. Um, Lucas, did you watch the first season of Love? I didn't. I always meant to, and then everything else came up, so, yeah. so <laughs> never I, got around to it. I watched it because it's a Judd Apatow joint, um, mm -hmm. and Jillian Jacobs is the, one of the stars of it, and I adore right. Jillian Jacobs. I think she's such a huge talent. Um, so I watched the first season, and I definitely I watched the whole thing, and by the end of it, I wasn't very satisfied with it. It's one of those shows where it's about these two characters, you know, a guy and a girl that are really, really flawed and fucked up, um, meeting each other and trying to make a go of it. And the first season showed a lot of the ways that they really kind of hurt each other when they first meet and realize there's something special, but they don't know how to get it started because they're both like pretty awful people. And it wasn't super satisfying for me to watch, even though there were a lot of moments of great comedy. Um, so I wasn't really planning on watching this second season. And then I heard a lot of great reviews about it. And so I decided to check it out. And I've been watching that second season all of this week. And I will say, I think it is a lot better than the first season. I'm really, really enjoying it. It's dealing with a lot of the same stuff. Whereas... The first season was about these two people who were really flawed meeting each other and feeling this spark, but then not being able to do anything about it because they kept hurting each other. This season is really more about these two people really trying to make it work between each other. Um, they're trying to commit to one another and grow and be better people. Of course, you know, because they are not great people, they also seem to <laughs> mess it up in the throughout the season. Um, there are a lot of things I really love about this season. I think 
they made the characters a little bit more likable. Um, I feel like they're trying a little bit harder to do the right thing, even though they don't always do the right thing. Um, I think there's been some really standout episodes that really helped me fall in love with a season. When there's like two or three episodes in particular that you really just had such a ball with and there's a really great air of romance to them, um, that really endears me to this show. Um, so I've been really enjoying it. I have it. I've watched every episode except the finale. I'm kind of saving that the way you sometimes do when you binge a show. And <laughs> I'm really liking it. I'm back on board with this um, this show, Love. And they're already starting to film season three. So I'm hoping to enjoy the finale and keep going with the third season when they come out with it. Nice. Yeah. Judd Apatow joints are always interesting. So I, I think it's one that I'll eventually come around to. Yeah. I um, would love to talk to people about this show because um, there was a co- Emily Nussbaum, I believe on Twitter asked, you know, like who is the bigger asshole, the guy, you know, um, Gus or Mickey, who are the two characters names. And um, I think that's a really interesting question. And I think your answer um, could be very telling. And I'm not even saying there's one that's right or wrong. I just, who who you empathize with and who you, um, like, villainize as in this relationship, I think, is very intriguing. So, um, if, yeah. you, if you have opinions about that, let me know. Awesome. Yeah, I will. It's in my queue, along sure. with, like, 800 things. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I am excited about it, though. I'm yeah. glad the second season got more... Uh, more love in the first one. So definitely. that'll definitely, um, I do want to shout out Claudia O'Dur Doherty plays is an Australian actress that plays birdie on this show. And she is by far the best thing about this show. Um, every oh, yeah? scene she's in, I adore. She's, she does this amazing job of being like cute and incredibly funny, but giving like an honest performance at the same time. Like her cuteness isn't put upon in any way. It's just so like inherent in her being. And uh, it really, I love, love watching her. Um, so she's my favorite part of this show. Awesome. Yeah. I just wanted to get that out there. I'll have to check her out as well. That's yeah, she's, she's, she's someone I hadn't heard of. Comedy stuff. I know I've seen her like she pop up and things. So I, I'm really hoping that she gets a lot more opportunity yeah. after being on the show. Well, cool. Um, well, what I'm feeling this week is the trailer for Edgar Wright's new movie, Baby Driver. Um, Sandra, have you seen this trailer? I have. This was my most anticipated movie, um, back in our end of the year episode. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It was. Or beginning yes. of the year episode. I don't remember what we technically did it on, but. I know, um, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, this was my most anticipated movie for 2017. Well, I can 100% see why this trailer is so good and crazy and is the epitome of everything Edgar Wright is. Um, Edgar Wright, if you don't know who he is, he does all of the like the Hot Fuzz, Shaun of the Dead, The World's End, those movies with um, Simon Pegg. He also did Scott Pilgrim, which is personal, my favorite yeah, Edgar Wright <laughs> movie. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he hasn't done one since. Then? Um, end of the world. He, the, was, oh, he did the world's end. Yeah, the world's, world's end was end. his last movie. Yeah. So, um, he was writing Ant Man, was set to direct that, and that fell apart with Marvel. I was super pumped to see his version of Ant Man. Um, so this is his first time in, back into the director's chair since then, and this trailer is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a link in the show notes, so I would definitely watch this trailer. This this movie also has just the craziest cast as well. It stars Ansel Elgort. Um, and it's got Jamie Foxx and Flea and Kevin Spacey and John uh, Hamm is in it <laughs> um, and John Barenthal, who's whatever. But um, <laughs> this is basically a long music video is what it looks like. Like, I cannot wait for the soundtrack for this um, album or this this movie. It is basically the story of a getaway driver who listens to music the whole time and watch the trailer just watch watch the trailer it's so good i cannot wait for this so lucas i'm curious how do you feel about the fast and the furious movies so i've only seen the first two and i hate them i hate i hate movies that have to do with car chases because the car chases to me are the most boring thing which is why i'm really excited for edgar wright to do one because his visual style and he's he's he does 
absolutely great visual directing. And that's what I'm excited about for for this, because he can make car chases, I think, exciting for me. Yeah. Uh, and his visual comedy is hilarious as well. So mixing all that together and just what I saw in the trailer of of the car driving, I think is is going to be really great. But I yeah, not, not a Fast and Furious fan. Okay. I would challenge you to watch some of the more recent ones because I feel like they do make car chases exciting in a way that I don't feel any other movie ever has. Um, that and, That is what I've heard. Yeah. So I, I would, I would just be curious to hear what you would think of the more recent ones, because I don't think the beginning ones of the series really um, right. are what people think of when they think of the series. Um, at least. Right. Cause the first ones are about like what drag racing and, and the like cops an undercover and then... cop. And right. Like, and now we're up to, I saw the most recent trailer and he punches a, a, what is it a, a missile yeah <laughs> into a tank or something like that like outrageous, but that is why they're so much fun um, they the, the trailer want... of the newest one looks so much fun so yeah. i i think i might have to do this i might have to just binge okay all of the fast and furious gonna, movies okay. I'll, I'll skip the first two you but know, here's what's gonna happen so i'm gonna we're gonna pause the baby driver conversation for just a second for me yes. to go on a fast and furious rant okay yes okay. I love this franchise, like, so much. I think it's entertaining, it's diverse, it's, like, really just so fun, and it's, I think it has, like, a really good heart, even though it's not, um, all, the movies aren't all about the emotional storyline, um, but I think the one that it does have is really sweet to watch. Um, if you're gonna, if you, if the newest Fast and the Furious movie looks cool to you, what yes. I would suggest doing is reading a plot summary of like one two and three okay and, okay and three is tokyo drift okay that's right and yep. then i would watch four um four is just like kind of a decent movie um mm -hmm. so if you needed to skip four if you like if you're short on time you can skip four but i think it's okay and it okay. sets up all these characters so watch four um the my favorite of the franchise is five because even though it is all these movies are about about cars five is like a classic heist film it is just a all heist right. movie a team gets together of all these different skill sets it's just oceans 11 but like with cars and um it's really really good and then six, seven, and now recently coming out as eight are more of the like outrageous, huge action movies with like yeah. crazy villains and, <laughs> and ridiculous stunts that like defy the laws of science and all those kind of things. And those are super fun to watch. Um, but five is like just a quality heist film. Um, so if you're going to watch any of them, I would watch five. Um, but then after that, watch them in order. Um, that's my Fast and the Furious spiel. I'm doing it. I'm in. Okay, I'm Lucas, doing it. I'm gonna. Um, I'm gonna binge them all. It's gonna happen. Do, you need to keep me posted, and then we'll rebrief. Rebrief. We'll what is yes. it? Debrief yes. Debrief. On the pod. Okay. Absolutely. Awesome. I'm excited. Okay. So oh, man. Back to Baby Driver. So back to Baby Driver. <laughs> I love um, Scott Pilgrim versus the World. That's one of Edgar Wright's movies. It's one mm -hmm. of my favorite movies of all time. Not just my favorite Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. Um, so I was excited about this because it looked fun and um, a, like a genre that I haven't seen from Edgar Wright before. Right, right. And I love the Fast and the Furious movies. So to see an Edgar Wright take on what looks to be like a Fast and the Furious movie, you know, exciting stunts, cars, um, criminals, um, a team working together that may, may or may not get along with each other. Um, mm -hmm. All those things are things that I love. And to see an Edgar Wright take on them where his visual style is so it's such a signature style. Yeah. Um, yep. I love what he does with humor visually. And mm -hmm. I'm excited to see that play in with all of this action and violence. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I, all yeah. of these serious actors. He does yeah. a really good job with serious actors Absolutely. in hilarious roles. Um, and I'm excited for this soundtrack. The music of Scott Pilgrim was like a really fun part of it. And yes. I'm excited for the music from this. Lucas, have you seen the music video that Edgar Wright directed that inspired yes. this movie? Yes. Okay. Yes. So the, uh, oh, what is the... I don't remember what the band's name is. Here's the thing. I watched it. It's a fun music video. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. But in recent interviews, he's kind of said that that music video spoils the beginning of Baby Driver. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't know what that means. Um, so it makes me curious about whether people should or shouldn't look up this music video. I've I mean, it, I watched it. Yeah, and I, <laughs> I don't feel like I got anything spoiled for me, but maybe it's because I don't understand the movie. So um, I just wanted to put that out there that like this exists. If you're a diehard Edgar Wright fan and you want as much as you can get right now, go look it up. Well, but yeah, if you we'll, we'll link to it in the show notes as well. Sure. Um, but if you are nervous about like, or if you're extra sensitive about spoilers, maybe avoid it. Um, apparently yeah he said it he said it only spoils the beginning right which my guess is like probably like that's a great that music video is a great opening scene exactly of this movie so i i would watch it okay, but yeah people do what you want <laughs> um but yeah i'm also very excited about this movie Lucas. yeah well pivoting for more music we're gonna talk about South by Southwest. I mean, honestly, all we've been talking about is South by Southwest, stuff that's happened in South by Southwest, except for love. Um, right. But but let's talk about our South by Southwest spotlight. Now, you you were at South by Southwest la- last year, correct? Correct. So I've been three different times. I went twice in college, and then I went last year. And I'm so sad to miss it this year and very jealous of mm. everyone who's there. So what, for those who are there, what is the, like, what is the thing you should do when you're at South by Southwest? It depends on what you're going there for. If you're going there for films, which is what I was typically doing, I would buy a badge and try to see as many movies as possible. Um, if you're going there for films, my biggest recommendation would be, and you know, by the time this comes out, a lot of the, they're, it's halfway done, but um, just for anyone who ever might go in the future, my biggest recommendation is to see a couple of the big movies that you know are going to be in theaters, um, but that you're really excited about. See a few of those, because that's really fun and exciting. But for the majority of your film schedule, I would try to pack it with these small indies or these documentaries that may or may not get a big film release, because those are the movies that you're going to like remember and really cherish and um, like get to talk to your friends about. And when they finally come out on iTunes, you're going to like bring it to your social circle and like have this really cool movie to show them. Um, One of my favorite movies of last year was a small movie called my blind brother that I saw at South by and it didn't get talked about a lot, but I got to show it to friends and it's a great movie. Um, So things like that I think are really special and I would seek those out if you're there for the film portion. I have never been to the film portion. I, for me, it's always, and I'm, obviously really excited about all the movies that come out of it. But for me, South by Southwest has always been about the music and about the bands that play there, because that's where a lot of big people break. Um, did you, you, you didn't go to any of the music stuff last year, right? You were, you strictly did the film. Yeah. I've never tech. gone to the music in the official capacity. Every now mm-hmm. and then I'll take a day off from movies and like try to go to a few free shows um, yeah. or, or non-official South by shows and um, spend a day doing that. But so, but never, I've never gone basically for the music. Right, right. Well, let's let's talk about the bands. So there's a ton. If you if you go online to South by Southwest, their website, there are so many bands that are playing this year. But are there any that you've looked at that that you love that you're really excited are getting a spotlight this year? Yeah. So there's a band that I don't think a lot of people know about that was at South by last year, and they're there again this year. Um, they're called Power Bottom. And it's spelled P-W-R and then B-T-T-M. Um, they're... Ugh. <laughs> uh, they're... <laughs> That's spelling. <laughs> okay, but Lucas, you know why they do that, right? I know, I know. It's just terrible SEO, but... <laughs> you know, it's good SEO. I guess it is good SEO, but it's just... That's the whole point. Just, I mean, I'm not saying uh, that's the whole point with them, but in right, general, right. that's the whole point of, like, yeah. spellings. Right. You know this. Just, You're in Silicon Valley. You know, I know. Apps do this. It just you know annoys me. It just annoys me. Because <laughs> you're old. Uh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> so, um, Power Bottom, I first heard their music in this web series called The Outs. And I really fell in love with it, just hearing clips of these songs in this web series. They are kind of like a queer pop rock band, more on the rock side, I would say, than the pop side. Um, and they're a duo. And I really, really love their first album called Ugly Cherries. I'll listen to that album straight through all the time. Um, one of their singles from that album that was a, a big single that I constantly see myself going back to is called I Want a Boy. I want a boy to keep the bed warm while I shower. 
I want a boy to keep the bed warm while we're watching TV. I want a boy to keep the bed warm when the whole house is freezing. I want a boy who isn't anything like me. I want a boy who doesn't like to go out shopping. I want a boy who thinks it's sexy when my lipstick bleeds. I want a boy who can go all night without stopping. I want a boy who knows exactly what he needs. So, one of the things that I love about Power Bottom is that I feel like it encompasses so much in their music. Um, they are really great at doing like angsty, but also romantic, but also playful and funny and kitschy um, and sometimes like very solemn. Um, their album feels very cohesive, but it encompasses all those things in different songs. Um, it, the lyrics always are just like, make me smile or make me think. And um, I've had a really great time listening to this first album. They have a new album coming out, I think, in May called Pageant. And I'm really, really looking forward to this album. They've released a couple of singles um, already. And their most recent one is called Answer My Text. And this song is such a great example of like their humor and their kitschiness. <laughs> um, one of the things I love about this song is that it feels very 2017 and it also feels very 2007. Like high school senior Sandra would have been obsessed with this song, not just the lyrics <laughs> and the angst of it, but also like the guitar in it is very much feels like a, like it reminds me a lot of Reliant K. Um, and so this song I think feels a little bit different to me than the rest of their, like their first album did. And I don't expect their second album to be full of songs like answer my text, but this is such a fun one to have. And I've been listening to it over and over and over these days. And that was eight hours ago. And now everyone I know is either fast asleep or staring at their phone. week or so um i would highly recommend listening to their first album until this new one comes out in may some of my favorite songs on this first album i already played um i want a boy but i also really love dairy queen all of the boys and west texas west texas is like this really sweet sad song um and dairy queen's like this really funny fun um poppy song are they texas based you know i don't know the answer to that i don't think they are um but a lot of their songs make me think they've spent some time in texas yeah yeah i've heard those are the two songs that i've heard by them okay um that's it but but that's it i'll definitely have to check out the rest of them yeah i've heard them like just around like in in other things (laughs) i've never like intentionally gone out and listened to them but yeah Yeah. it's super catchy super fun they've definitely like i think been on npr a few times and yeah um they're just really really cool i love like I don't usually look up bands on YouTube. Um, I'm usually just mm-hmm. like listen to their stuff on Spotify and that's it. But I, they do such awesome stuff with their clothing and makeup that I love looking up videos of them. And so any little live performance or video that they've done um, is a really fun watch. Awesome. Um, well, I want to highlight two bands real quick that are that are playing at South by Southwest. One is kind of cheating because they're I'm not gonna say they're super popular, but that um, you'll you'll have you've probably heard this song before. Um, Tall Heights is a Boston duo who um, are very, very folksy, very, very super chill. Um, little like in the indie indie rock category and they have a a song called spirit cold which is really great oh, 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 oh. 
So they're really good night driving music. Yeah, I <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. Um, I I bet that at some point that song will will get used in a movie. That um, I don't think it has though yet. But yeah, so they're they're playing their really really great album. A lot of it is exactly like uh, Spirit Cold. Um, but yeah, if you like that style of music, I would definitely check that out. The other the other band, it's really one person. It's a producer. Um, named Ryan Playground, um, who is, yeah, I know. Right. Um, and she's, it's, it's just, it's just one girl and she is really, really weird and cool. And this is what she sounds like. Also, really good driving music, but does she do the yeah. vocals or just the production for that? She does everything. Okay. She does everything. It's all her. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So she just came out with her first album last year, um, and she has a couple singles and uh, as well as that. But that is something that I just found last week and have just kind of been playing through a lot, which is which is cool. But yeah, check it out. Ryan Playground and uh, Tall Heights. Uh, yeah, I will. Those are both like right up my alley. Um, anything else we want to highlight from South by Southwest? I don't think so. All right. Well, in that case, let's move on to our feature. I don't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know, I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, oh, Lord, what would I do? Angels begging me to heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Well, I don't feel at home in this world anymore, um, which is the longest name for a movie and kind of annoying to say a million times, <laughs> um, is a the film debut of uh, Macon Blair. Now, Macon Blair started his career as an actor in a lot of Jeremy Solnier's movies. Have you seen any of those? Blue Ruin, Green Room? Nope, none of them. Okay, those movies, I it's it's a weird... I don't even know how to describe the genre. It's it's not really it's like a thriller, not gore, but they're more gory than they should be, kind of realm. Uh, but just under the level of something that like I would actually watch. So those the those movies are kind of where he started, just acting in those. And this is the first time that he's directed anything. And this movie won the grand jury prize at this year's uh, Sundance Film Festival. And it was released on Netflix in February. So that quick, just the turnaround time there is insane. And almost was zero fanfare at all. That's what has made me so interested in this movie. I feel like it's so unique to hear something get so much buzz out of Sundance. And Mm -hmm. then immediately picked up and then immediately released into the world. And then nobody's talking about it anymore. Um, right. It's so strange because typically if a movie gets a ton of buzz at Sundance, then like four months later or maybe even towards the end of the year, if it's more Oscar baity, um, you know, we get to see it come out and everyone's excited to see that Sundance darling. And this time you'd think that because it was fresh off the buzz, everyone would have gone to Netflix and watched right. this movie. Last, so last year's... Um grand jury prize went to the birth of a nation which got a big release now it didn't make a ton of money but a lot of people heard of that movie and the year before was me earl and the dying girl and so you 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 have these indie movies that that's kind of where they get their buzz and then kind of make their money back is from winning at sundance um but this is this is a totally new strategy that we haven't seen before and i'm i'm very curious as to know why netflix didn't pitch it very well or market i don't know it. if it's you very know, well or market it yeah. at all um for for their site yeah netflix is a mystery like <laughs> you know they they're 
like that boyfriend that like doesn't seem to like ever need any attention. And so of course you're like trying to figure him out. Uh, <laughs> and they just like, they, they publicly don't seem to care about ratings. They don't mm-hmm. talk about ratings at all. They promote certain shows and then other shows, they seem to like put in a ton of money and then don't do a lot of promotion for it. And, um, there are shows that are Netflix originals that I've never even heard of and never even seen before, but there's like a huge library of them. It's so, I don't understand, but it seems to be working for them. So I'm, who am I to judge? I know, right? That's, that's kind of where I'm at is <laughs> I, 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 ev- almost everything they do, I say, I don't think that's a good idea. And they're still rolling. Yeah. So the one thing I would, <laughs> I would judge is that for a movie like this, that I think is very interesting, even before having seen it, I thought it was like a very interesting, um, I had interesting background. Um, I feel bad for the people who made it, who were involved, mm-hmm. that created this piece of art that they were probably very excited about, and to see it just kind of die and not have really anyone be watching it or talking about it. And I'm coming from a very limited perspective. Maybe there's a huge audience that is watching this movie and talking about it. And I'm just not privy to those conversations. Um, But from what I've seen online, I just don't see a lot of people discussing this movie. So to me, this is a movie that I would watch on Netflix. I'm not sure it's a movie that I would go to a theater and see. So I, I feel like if it had, if it had had a theatrical run, I'm not sure how well it would have done. And then once it got onto Netflix, I think that's where it would have kind of built a following. Sure. But for it to, to immediately drop on Netflix with without anybody talking about it, I'm not sure how much of a following it can pick up. Yeah. But but I'm not a Netflix <laughs> CEO or anything like that. So, you know, do what you want, Netflix. So, Lucas, how much did you know about the plot of this movie before you watched it? I knew nothing. I stayed away from trailers and everything. I knew Melanie Linsky was in it, and I knew Elijah Wood was in it, I'm, and I knew it was directed by Macon Blair. I didn't know who directed it, but everything else about that was the same for me. Yeah. Um, and so going into it, I I really liked that experience of just knowing nothing except that, yeah, basically that it won <laughs> yeah. at Sundance, and so it had to be good. Um and just kind of seeing seeing kind of where this plot led just because of how used to I mean, I love trailers. So how used to trailers I am and I, you, even trailers that don't give me, you know, a whole plot sequence or anything like that, at least give me some kind of aspect of what I'm getting myself into. And exactly. Yeah. And, and here I had I had nothing. So that was that was great. How about you? Yeah, you know, I am similar. I love trailers. I like knowing what I'm getting myself into. I like feeling prepared. Um, Mm -hmm. And with this movie, I just felt because, maybe because I knew it was a Netflix movie and, you know, there's not, I wasn't investing a lot into it. If I hated it, I could just turn it off, you know? Um, I didn't feel the need to be as prepared as I normally want to be. Um, I think that because I didn't watch the trailer, any trailer for this, it really led me on an interesting journey because I think the tone of this movie shifts multiple times. (laughs) Yes, very much so up and down. It's very, it's very much a roller coaster. And, um, because I didn't see any of it coming, that was really fun. Um, every time there was like a, an instant dramatic tone shift, um, I got like a little bit, a little high. I was like, Oh my goodness. Look what, what is happening now? I didn't even think that, this was going to be this kind of movie. Um, right. So that was a fun time. Yeah, I think I think it's very interesting when you have a brand new director um, seeing I because I feel like this happens a lot is you're you're not eligible, but you're you're much more likely to to do more tone shifts within your movie uh, because it is new. You're, you're just telling a story and you're not necessarily uh, hyper focused on the tone and the journey. Um, or you might your... have so many different stories you want to tell and you kind of feel like you're trying true, to get as many true. of them in, in one film. Yeah. And he, he wrote this as well. So, so he wrote and directed yeah. it. Um, and so I can, I get, yeah, I can definitely, definitely see that in this movie. I think I, I liked it a lot. It's not, um, it's not necessarily something that I thought was a, you know, brilliant or brilliantly directed. Yeah. Um, but I, I really thought it was a great movie. There are a couple 
shots specifically in this movie that I thought were brilliant, that I mm. thought were great, great shots. Um, and we can get into to those in spoilers. Uh, but overall, I thought it was it was really well done. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say too much without spoiling it. So I, I, all I think I need to say about this movie is that it's weird, but kind of cool and funny at times and a little creepy at times. And Mm -hmm. if you're in the mood for just like something totally new and creepy and a little funny, this is the perfect movie to just like watch on a weeknight. Um, with a friend or two like yeah it's don't it don't blow it up don't like expect it to be this like magnificent movie but also like expect to have a good time because that's what i think mm-hmm. you get yeah and and i think oh i'm, I'm a huge fan of both melanie linsky and elijah wood especially melanie linsky and that's that's what i was gonna say too yeah and so they're we're so fun to watch i oh they're so good and i loved watching every moment they were on screen i have loved seeing elijah wood's career post lord of the rings sure it's just like he's he's him and daniel radcliffe are both kind of doing this thing where it's like yeah we're just gonna do kind of whatever we want like we're not trying to do anything specific we just want to have a lot of fun with our movies and they've both done a really great job of that i know i'm a huge i didn't see any of the lord of the rings movies but anything else i've seen with elijah wood i've really Hang enjoyed on. you haven't seen any of the lord of the rings movie have we already had this conversation yes we've had this conversation in oh our gosh. pop culture knowledge <laughs> gaps episode oh that's true yeah <laughs> jeez yeah um but you're right he does have like kind of a similar um make similar choices like daniel radcliffe and that's probably why mm-hmm. i liked it so much because yeah daniel radcliffe is like one of my yep. number ones awesome well let's jump into spoilers for i don't feel at home in this world anymore right. before we get started does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Now, crack and gas. Spoilers! Remember, you wanted this. Okay, so I loved how the beginning of this movie really makes it seem to be like, this is just going to be like a sad indie movie about like a woman like finding new meaning in life and like relationships, you know? Um, yeah. And, and then it, like, takes all these, like, badass turns. Um, the first, like, sound cue we get with her, like, getting to business and she's gonna, like, find the shoe print and, like, going to the store. All those, like, that first time we get that happening, I got really excited. Yeah, I was... I guess I, I was shocked by that, that, that part right there when, yeah. when, when it when it turned into that. Cause I think, I think going into it, I kind of thought the same thing. I was like, Oh, this is about her finding, I don't know, just happiness in her life or kind of getting a new perspective on her life. And all of a sudden you have, you have that actually take a step back where I realized kind of where that this was not going to be what I expected was the one my the first shot that I absolutely love is when she walks in and realizes that her house is burglarized. The camera turns down the hallway and it sounds like some, somebody's in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and it starts to the camera slowly starts to creep in. And on the right side, you can see a knife rack I mean, that, and you just see her hand come up, grab a knife. Yeah, that was and rad. then she's out of frame the entire time. And then she's back down the hallway Ugh. that. That I loved that shot. Yeah, absolutely. That was such a great shot, and and it, and it made me kind of like refocus onto, oh, okay, this is this is how this movie can go, but, and then the second shot that I loved was again in her house. The second time somebody comes into her house, um, it shows her kind of walk across, and it pans, and you can see the guy at the door about to come inside, um as as it follows her down the hall and so you see you don't see him come in you just see that he's about to and then it follows her down the hall and into the bedroom and then back and then that's when he's there and both of those shots were just terrifying and (laughs) so suspenseful and i loved them yeah um let's talk for a second about the comedy in this movie um that i think is what surprised me the most is how like how good some of the jokes were I Mm -hmm. really, I think that was probably my favorite aspect of this movie were the times where I got really surprised by a big laugh. Um, (laughs) One of my favorites was just kind of like a background props joke where 
she's walking through that junk store um, mm-hmm. and there's all sorts of things surrounding her. And at one point she walks by this big plastic yellow horse. Yeah. And there's a sign on the horse that says, not a real horse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's so funny. Uh, it's so good. Yeah. The, also, the him, when you think he's about to like hack something se- sequence. Um, yes. Yeah. I think I've seen that exact joke played out somewhere else before. I can't quite put my finger on where, but even still, it's very funny. It's a, it's a funny joke. It is. Yeah. It is. Um, they're, they're showing up to the, I guess, house where her laptop is. That, that whole sequence, that whole sequence of them coming in, kind of blundering in, him throwing the throwing star just right into the wall. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Getting the computer back and them leaving. That whole sequence, I was laughing the entire time. Yeah. Um, it's so good. I also love like the the sequence when she's like kind of high on painkillers and they go to the church. Um, mm-hmm. That was um, like a fun, a good, short, trippy sequence in a movie is always appreciated by me. Yes, and and I thought I thought it was also unique. It wasn't yeah. like a traditional. Uh, I'm high sequence. Right, it was much more dreamy and romantic <laughs> mm-hmm. than it was like yes. trippy psychedelic. Yeah, right, um, right. This movie also is very, very creepy. Like, I at times I was like, would this count as a horror movie? You know, and I know right, it doesn't, exactly. But you know, um, the character played by Jane Levy, um, mm-hmm. she didn't have much to do in this movie but every time she was on screen her makeup and hair and costume choices yeah really made her the creepiest character in the whole movie yep definitely yeah definitely i think yeah the the costuming in this movie is so great uh, so great so every good. everyone's outfit from from just the like i think um, Melanie Linsky wears just usually like a t-shirt and jeans the entire time, but it's the perfect like combination of what everyone else is wearing as well. well it just fits perfectly and t- so, tells so much about their character. One of my biggest pet peeves of movies, and I, sometimes I get it because you want, you want pretty things to look at on the screen, but is when characters that don't have a lot of money are wearing like nice clothes, you know? Um, and, yeah. and Melanie Linsky in this movie is obviously wearing clothes that like she probably they probably bought at like an old navy. They're not like mm-hmm. shitty gross clothes. You know, they're not like right. You know, they're not, you know, tear torn apart or stained or they're just like basic per- people clothes that are not fancy <laughs> at all. They're kind of ill fitting. Right. The the mm-hmm. jeans don't aren't you know the the jeans aren't fitted. The t shirt is tight in some places and and crumpled in others. She'll wear like a hoodie on top of a t shirt. Um, that whole her whole costuming was so perfect for that character and very refreshing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the most outlandish thing was her car. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'll take. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, how did you feel about the ending sequence, the last, like, ten minutes of this movie? Um, are you talking about after she escapes? Uh, or I guess. Or yes, yes, or the I guess violent that's, yeah. part, like the chase no, of the a- woods. A- after she escapes. Yeah. Because I think that, that, to me, is where it started to get a little weird and a little off track. Huh. Um, I felt like it didn't really didn't really fit the rest of the movie. It felt more more of something that he, like, he was copying from a Jeremy Selnier film. Um, as opposed to something that really worked well in this movie. Yeah, I haven't seen any of um, that other director's movie, so I, I yeah. can't compare. But um, I think I liked it. I liked the idea of at like the detective's office that moment with the wife where she could implicate Melanie Linsky's character and then chooses not to. Um, I think that that was like this whole movie is about like Melanie Linsky's character. What is her name? Um, Ruth. It's about Ruth, Ruth yeah. thinking everyone is an asshole. Like the, this world is awful and everyone she encounters doesn't know how to treat people. And I think it's nice that this housewife character that we come upon um, gets to be 
the one example that proves that theory wrong. You know, she welcomes them into her home when they show up. Um, <laughs> she provides them with, you know, nice coffee drinks and makes conversation. And then at the very end, she, even though she was just through like a terrifying, tragic situation, um, she does what is, I would say, the right thing and has like mercy and understanding for this um, woman who, situation and mm-hmm. um, kind of proves Ruth wrong in that like there is still some good left in yes. the world. Yes, yeah. I guess for me, the, yeah, I, I, I did like all of that part of the ending. I guess for me, the chase sequence, um, mm. like in the boat, then going into the woods, like all of that seemed a little more out of place to me. Um, yeah. For just, just for this movie. I think for me, it was just another one of those tonal shifts. And we had been yeah. through several throughout that movie. So to have mm-hmm. another one, I think by that point, I was ready for them. Um, yeah. And I was okay with it. I think they, I will say this about the tonal shifts is that they do build, you know, um, mm-hmm. we get our first shot of the creepy guy um, <laughs> taking a dump in the rich people's house. Yeah. Um, and so like, that is like our first entrance to like, oh, this movie is like maybe creepier than I thought. And then mm-hmm. it just gets creepier and creepier. And so by the time we get to that chase sequence in the woods, I felt like it built up to that in a nice way. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was on board for it, even though it was definitely very scary. And I, <laughs> I was, I was like, I, I'm glad this is the end of the movie because if this had yeah, been, yeah, if it started it here, I don't know if I would have been in on this movie. I know, right? Yeah. When when we got to that part, I was like, are we actually doing this? Right. Is this happening in this movie? Right. <laughs> oh man, um, I was extremely excited to see that, um. Elijah Wood's character lived at the end. I think that was that was a great touch of just like him in the smoke of the burgers at yes. the end. Yeah, because I I did I did think he died like yeah. all the way oh, through that too. that ending it sequence. It was just like one great last joke. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the comedy is my like I said my favorite part of this movie. Yeah, but it doesn't yeah. happen like consistently throughout the movie. No, yeah, <laughs> uh, and to end on like one final punchline where you think he's a vision and then no, they're just, he's re- real and alive and just talking about burgers. Um, and just it's like cooking burgers steam from a grill, um, was very sweet and funny. I do love with most of these indie movies, the cast that they get, because you get a lot of really good actors that you might've seen in a couple places, but aren't big names and don't have a lot of baggage, I think tied to them, which is exciting. Yeah. Um, like I said, Jane Levy is someone who I adore and like TV shows I've seen her in movies I've seen her in. Um, so to even just see her as a side character in this was exciting for me. Second time this year that she has played someone breaking into a house. What was the first? You, uh, I uh, Don't Breathe, another horror oh, movie. Right. But yeah. I saw the trailer for it and I was like, Jane Levy, again, yeah. here we go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. She's she's great, though. I want her in a lot more stuff. I know she's in a lot of TV shows, but um, especially after this, she can play some creepy people. For sure. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, any last thoughts on this movie? Um, oh, well, we do have to talk about the ending song, um, the hymn. I don't feel. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So, Lucas, both you and I grew up uh, Church of Christ, correct? Correct. So this is a song that I've heard my entire life at church. Um, mm-hmm. When I heard the title, I definitely like placed it as being like from that song. But I wasn't sure whether or not it was going to like have any relation, you know? Or any, re- or if, it, if the song was going to be referenced, and of course, at the end of this movie, is we hear this hymn being played, um, and sung, and I really love that touch because um, one of my favorite things is when people realize how creepy hymns are. Um, not every <laughs> hymn is creepy, but there are some real creepy ones, and I think "I Don't Feel at Home in This World Anymore" is a creepy song. Um, I'm not even saying it's bad or the meaning of it is wrong, but the concept of it is sad and scary and creepy. Um, and I loved seeing it used in this context. Yeah, contextually, I thought it was it was really well, really well done. I, I did not think about this song at all until 
probably like five minutes before I started watching this movie when it popped into my head and I was like, oh, that's where this, that's where the name of this movie came from. Right. Um, but yeah, I, I, I thought it was really well done. And I, I mean, I guess the, the, the context of the hymn, uh, they're singing it in church, but just the, the rest of the images that are kind of going on around it and everything like that. And the rest of the context for the ending of that movie, I think was really great. I, I wasn't sure exactly how they would, um, how they would play with that song. Like, like you said, it, like you could use this in a variety of ways, but it wrapped it up really well. And it, I guess it's the most touched I've been by that song mm, ever. That's interesting <laughs> to hear. Yeah. Yeah. No, I will. Here's the thing. Okay. After seeing that movie, are you interested in seeing more? From this director? Um, yeah. From making Blair. I think so. I think, if he does another movie that is in the same vein of this is like kind of a thriller, you know, mm-hmm. um, I, that doesn't appeal to me quite as much. Um, yeah. But if he took on a very different story, I would definitely be interested in seeing more from him because like I yeah. said, the sense of humor that was played throughout this movie, um, I thought was very fresh and fun and um, I'd yeah. love to see more of it. I was definitely surprised by how funny it was. I definitely think for this film, he's stuck very close to what he knows um, yeah. tone wise, which is a lot, but <laughs> um, I, yeah, I'm very curious to see if he wants to do more comedy stuff in the future. Yeah, Cause that absolutely. He, he did one, one hell of a job. So, uh, well, cool. Uh, I think that about wraps it up for us. Uh, anything else from you nope. real quick? I, I, okay. I would recommend watching this movie and showing it to fun friends. I a hundred percent agree. And it's on Netflix. So it's super easy to have access to. Absolutely. <laughs> I think that about wraps it up for us until next week. In the meanwhile, Sandra, where can we hear from you? You can find me online at Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, um, my username on all those platforms is at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Lucas and Stuff. And you can find all of us together, including Lawson, who couldn't make it tonight, at Feeling It Pod on Twitter and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Feeling It Pod. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Adios. Thank you. Bye now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Move along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 